Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. Our sponsor this week is Thrasher Coffee. Visit thrashercoffee.com and join the 2% Club to get freshly roasted coffees sent word wherever you are and save up to 35% off of the retail price. I am Joe Darnell, and joining me today is none other than Mr. Eric Rauch, my co-host. Good day. Good day to you all. And this is episode one. I thought we should talk about a couple of different things that pertain to first matters of the show. Um, one thing was that I asked people the other day on Twitter what they like about coffee and what is the first thing that comes to mind when they think of coffee. I know that all coffee drinkers around the world view coffee in a very different way. Nobody drinks coffee, has a relationship with coffee the same way as I do. And there are those people that are dedicated to making it at home, those that will only drink it at the office, those who will only drink it from uh, McDonald's. You know, there's all different kinds of people out there who like coffee their own way. And some of the first responses I had to the question of what is the first thing that you think of when you think of coffee were things like uh, Joe Kayati said, how I function. That is the first thing that comes to mind. That just made me think of like people who drink coffee for the caffeine. Right. Yeah. Because apparently he doesn't function without it. Apparently not. He does a lot of writing and he's on Twitter a lot. And that's a good thing. And so if coffee's making that happen, then all the more power to him. Right. Now, do you drink coffee mainly for the caffeine intake or did you start that way? Well, when you asked me this question, my short answer was it's complicated because I think it is. Uh, yeah, there are, there are times where I where I say I need coffee. It really doesn't matter what it tastes like. It really doesn't matter where it's from, how fresh it is. I just, I just need something. I've been drinking coffee so long that it's not even t- to the point where I really need the caffeine. I just need the liquid in my mouth. It gives me the idea that I'm, that I'm being caffeinated. Whether or not that I that that I really because I I can drink coffee, and 15 minutes later go to sleep, so I'm not one of those people that get really wired, but there but then there's other times where I want a good, satisfying, rich cup of coffee, that I'm gonna that I'm gonna take 15 minutes to drink that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wolf down. It's an experience. Yeah. So it is it is a complicated relationship because it's not just a a one a one thing because I roast coffee as well. So when I when I think about coffee. I think about responsibilities and, 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 and the things that go along with it. Before, it was, it was me as more of a spectator, but now it's, it's me as part of the process. Because you've taken it to the point that now it's part of your professional right. work. Right, And it you is. look at it in a different way. That's something that I've been experiencing for a while with movie reviews. Mm-hmm. Because when I started writing reviews and talking about movies on YouTube and in podcasts in 2011... I was still thinking like a member of the audience who always watched movies just for pleasure right. and to perhaps give get the occasional observation about how our culture ticks. And then when you become the movie critic, whether you want to or not, you start thinking about it on a professional level. Right. And so almost the, trying to watch it through somebody else's eyes. Yeah. You suddenly have to scrutinize the work, not just enjoy it for pleasure. And that changes a lot, but the, but then st- you still have more observational skills when that happens, because you're drinking coffee now for pleasure and work, right? And that means that you can still enjoy the dessert coffee when it's served to you when you are at a fine restaurant, or you can also enjoy coffee in the morning when you're just trying to get up and go and function like Jokaya tea, right? You know, so I completely understand how not only do we have a variety of different experiences with coffee, but we also each have a variety of different experiences there are not i'm sure that joe would tell us too you know that that's just the first thing that comes to his mind but that's not the totality of his experience 
Another example was Kelly Kotsum said, I think of warmth on cold days, refreshment on hot days, and laughing during dates with girlfriends because my hubby isn't into coffee. And she said that on Facebook when I asked the same question. I think that that's one of the reasons why I cared about coffee originally because for me, I had tried coffee and most of it tasted bitter or burnt. And so then I would add sweetener and cream and it would just taste like sweet sugar, uh, sweet milk, sorry. And I didn't like that experience. So I was trying to get away from it, ultimately just enjoy juices and water and other kinds of things. I was into hot tea for a while before I started drinking coffee. But then I understood that there was a social experience around coffee as well. And so there were these people who seemed to have been really into coffee for just the social experience, and I gravitated to that. So when I realized not all coffee has to be bitter, not all coffee has to be incredibly sweetened and to be enjoyed to, to, to like mask the bitterness, then I found the middle ground where it was about flavor, but also the social experience that we have with coffee. And that leads to a placebo effect. Like I know that this is a placebo effect. It, when I'm drinking the coffee for pleasure and I'm not really thinking about what it tastes like, some days the coffee will taste like ashes. Yeah, That's not cool. But that's a, an experience we all face. But I think that if we're really objective about it, we, we realize that. And if we're not, we're in the subjective mode. We got up and we're feeling really tired. We're trying to get out of the groggy moment. And so we go to the kitchen, we brew something, and we wolf it down. We don't care what it tastes like. Right. But then when it's all said and done, there are two things that wake us up in the morning. It's the, it's the shower mm-hmm. and it's the cup of coffee. And we don't remember the shower and we don't remember the cup of coffee. But when we come out on the other side, we're awake. Yeah, yeah we, don't, we don't do podcasts about the shower. No, yeah. that, that's another show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> coffee is, is like, like every other food product. There's a sliding scale of quality. You can, you can go to McDonald's and get a hamburger, and you eat the hamburger and say, okay, that was, that was fine. But then you can go to somebody's house, or you, or you can go to a, to a higher-end restaurant and get a hamburger that somebody put a lot of time in, use, use, use high-quality beef, use, use, use high-quality bread for the roll, all these other things, and it's a totally different experience. But it's still a hamburger. Coffee's the same way. There's different degrees of quality. It, it, it depends how it's roasted. It depends how it was, how it was grown. Um, how it was, how it was dried, how it was, how it was picked. There's all sorts of different variables that go into it, and you can go through McDonald's drive-through, get a get a cup of coffee because you need a cup of coffee, and you know what you're gonna get, because co- McDonald's takes pains to make sure that their coffee tastes the same in every McDonald's that you've ever been to, and that's fine. Yeah, it's not great coffee, but you know what it's gonna, you know what it's gonna taste like every single time. You're in and you're out, even, which is yeah. quite a remarkable feat. Right, but then there's there's other places that. You, the, the coffee shop on the corner where you're kind of taking your chances. So you, you develop a, a relationship with these people and you learn to trust them. But there's also kind of like wine. There's, there's this, this other, this other sense where, okay, I know what I like. This is what I prefer in a cup of coffee, but I'm going to try something else. I'm going to try a medium roasted bean this time, or I'm going to try a, um, a darker roasted bean that I'm, that I'm used to just to, just to try other things, but try new things. Well, and that's what some people don't want to do, though. They don't want to right. try the new things. Right. What they're really interested in is the taste of the sweeteners, the additives. Right. They, they really like milk that's coffee flavored. Right. And so I think that the more w- that you lean in that direction, you don't really care about the roast 
profile. You don't care about the source. You don't care about the the flavors that are added to the coffee bean itself. Right. You don't care even so much if it's about decaf or caffeinated unless you're into the caffeine. Right. You're trying to get a jolt. Because for a lot of people, it's just about having a hot milk beverage. Right. And just be honest with yourself. You call it coffee, and coffee can has like a lot of definitions. Because for the there are those people who think of it as the upgrade from their chocolate milk mm-hmm. that they used to drink as a kid yeah, in school. And, and, and you go into Starbucks and listen to people order, and that's what they're doing. <laughs> they're, they're basically getting an expensive chocolate milk. And then there's the audience that say, well, well you know, Starbucks always tastes burnt. You know, and the thing is, they're not thinking about those people who are really just getting mochas and cappuccinos and lattes. Right. Those people came there for the the hot beverage right. specialty blend drink. Yeah. Like, you know, I actually go for both. We'll talk about Starbucks on another show because <laughs> that's a huge topic and I want to get to it. Right. And there's your angle. There's my angle and the world's. So when I have coffee from Starbucks, it depends on my mood. Like, what am I what am I in the mood for? I don't care about always getting the same thing. And so at some point, I want to talk to somebody on the show who always wants the same thing because I want to pick their brain. Like, why don't you want to try something else? Mm-hmm. And I think that there's two sides of it. There's the person who wants the sweet drink that has loads of milk than the person who always takes it black. Right. There's a very different spectrum there of ideals for this one beverage. Mm-hmm. Okay, so another person who we asked on Facebook, uh, my friend Mikey Fizzle said, as someone who doesn't drink coffee, yeah, I basically lump it all in that category. I, I am probably not your intended audience, troll, troll, troll. And what my friend is actually saying is that like he, he his wife drinks coffee and he's one of those guys who just doesn't drink coffee. And that's a shocker to me because, you know, the guy is my age. And in America, most of us drink coffee, but there are lots of people who don't and they have health reasons or it's because they never could get over the taste. Mm-hmm. That is something that's intriguing to me because... We take it for granted that you're going to drink coffee, like you're going to drink water. You, you may not drink a glass of water today, but you're going to have a water that gets into you one way or the other. Right. And I don't think everybody realizes how much coffee they're drinking or how much, um, you know, Coke they're drinking right. or tea they're drinking. You know, for Mike, it might be hot teas. It might be sweet tea. He's, he's from North Carolina. So for him, it might be the, the, the traditional Southern sweet tea. But he has his coffee equivalent, and his wife has coffee. I want to establish in episode one, Eric, that we are not snobby coffee drinkers. Right. Because if suddenly we were in an alternate reality that tomorrow morning didn't have coffee, we would still function. Mm. (laughs) We would go on. But we would also try to find something that we enjoy drinking as much as coffee. Right. It's not about coffee itself. Like, we don't stand for coffee. You know, we're not religious about the coffee. We're not the people who are predisposed who just drink coffee because we feel like it's a trend. Or that it's part of who we are. We don't drink it because it's part of who we are. We view it as something that's tasty. It's got practical uses, use cases. And it, it makes it just it's so nice compared to some of the other options. You can make really good coffee and it can be a gourmet-like experience really fast. Or again, there's the other end, you know, you could just be drinking it sometimes because of the caffeine. Yeah. That, that, that's also where I would, where I would say that, um, again, my answer, it's complicated because it is complicated. When I talk to people and I tell them what I do, um, and they, they say, well, why would you want to get into coffee roasting when you can just go to the store and and buy the coffee you want. Right, because you were roasting coffee before you started doing it professionally. Right. 
Right. I was I was doing it. I was just it, doing it wasn't it for even myself, a consideration right. that that it would turn into a professional pursuit. Yeah, but because it's a it's an art. It's a it's a craft. It's a hobby. It's a hobby, right? But there's a hundred different ways to roast coffee wrong, and there's lots of different ways to roast it right. Every every variety of bean that I get has a has a certain characteristic or characteristics that get accentuated when you hit the roast just right. When you take it to a certain temperature and back it off for a little bit, and then and then and then ramp the temperature back up. There's there's all different. So you can roast a bean all day long, a particular bean all day long, change little bit little variables and it's gonna it's gonna make a big difference in the cup so yeah it's just coffee it's not like it it's not like it's uh changing the world or or it's it's not about you know whatever he uh miss america wants to wants to see world peace but <laughs> in another sense it is coffee is really really important it's ingrained in a lot of cultures it's it's the number one beverage in the world yeah probably ahead of water at this point like given the chance people would have coffee more often than they would have water anywhere so it is really important it's a it's a it's an important part of life uh, viewing it as something that that I just I just wolf down and get good to get to get going in the morning is is okay that's fine but it, it can be so much more and this is this is where I really light up when I see people try something when they try it and, and their eyes light up it's like wow I've never had coffee like this before. Like, yeah, that's that, that. That happened to me years ago, and and I've been trying to kind of chase that that aha experience ever since. But it's that it's that moment where, wow, oh, so this is what coffee is supposed to taste like. It's like your like your first your first microbrew. You've been drinking Budweiser your your whole life, and then you you try this really complex stout or or uh, or a, a pale ale or something, and you experience flavors that you have never had in your mouth before. That that's beer. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, the difference it between the country fried steak and the steak at a real steakhouse. Right. Right. I mean, and you you may put it in your mouth and and be overwhelmed by the flavor and still not like it, and that's okay. But you you can at least come away from that experience saying, okay, there's more to it than 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 I ever gave coffee credit for. There's the culture all around. There's a culture, it, and, there's and there's many an layers art form to, it. to it. And there's 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 this this experience, this 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 great experience that if you let it, will open your eyes, so to speak, every morning. Yeah, you know, because because I find myself doing this. I'll just when I make a cup of coffee, I drink. I don't really even think about it. I'm just I'm sitting at my computer doing email or something, and I'm just sipping on it, not not even necessarily tasting it. But when I stop myself and I and I savor what's in my mouth, and I I swirl it around and I think about it, like wow, there's there's flavors in there that I never I never noticed before. Right. It's you know it's like wine tasting. You know you need you need to you need to be conscious of it. You need to be deliberate about it. Right. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor. And when we come back, we'll talk about the first thing that comes to mind when we drink coffee, like our friends have given their input. So first, I want to tell you about Thrasher Coffee. Eric has worked at Thrasher Coffee for more than a year now, and I helped the company get started more than a year ago, but I don't work there anymore. But I love the relationship I have with these local coffee roasters. Thrasher Coffee provides the fastest online freshly roasted coffee source on the East Coast, right from the heart of Dixie. Their roaster team sources beans from around the world, taste tests hundreds of them, and I mean it because I've seen their operation, then carefully produces astonishingly flavorful coffees. When you order at thrashercoffee.com, it is roasted to order and shipped within 24 hours. You will always have the tastiest, fresh coffee experience in every brew for the home, your office, and the home office from Thrasher Coffee. 
Looking for a great price on a coffee subscription? Join the 2% Club and be treated like a connoisseur with a discount up to 35% off all true pounds of whole bean coffee. And I say true pounds because most coffee bags these days hold only 12 ounces. And a true pound is 16 ounces and not a lot of people are getting what you used to get in the old days. But Thrasher Coffee still gives you the true pound. And so you get the whole pound of uh, whole bean coffees and free shipping on your favorite roasts that are shipped for you automatically every two or four weeks. Thrasher Coffee roasts responsibly harvested beans and supplies premium, fresh, small batch coffee to their discerning customers at an affordable price. Thank you, Thrasher Coffee, for supporting Top Brew and Eric Rauch. So, Eric, I wanted to mention that... Um, being people who have spent way too much time thinking about coffee in the last three or four years, <laughs> whether it was for professional reasons or just uh, our enjoyment of the thing. I remember, for instance, when you started roasting coffee at the office, and that was great. And before that, when we were getting other people's freshly roasted coffee beans, the first thing that came to mind when I was a kid was that it was what my mom drank and drank a lot of. Like she'd make a pot, dad would drink like one cup of it. She'd wind up drinking the, the rest of the entire thing throughout the day. Then when I was a teenager, I actually had my first coffee experience and it made me think of my grandmother because I had it at my grandmother's house and it was for a social gathering at Christmas time. In more recent years, it has been something that I've gotten into because of my friends and my coworkers. There were those that drink coffee in a way that would never attract me to drink coffee. <laughs> but then there are the others that when they do it, I appreciate what they're getting from coffee. And that experience was something that I wanted to have. What do you mean that, that, that in a way that you would never want to do it? Okay, well, there is somebody that you and I both know, I won't mention by name, that I had a coffee conversation with once and I said, hey, so how do you take your coffee? And the person basically said, uh, I, I, put, um, I put a lot of cream and sugar in it. And uh, I don't like it to taste like coffee. Yeah, so I basically don't like coffee. And I was like, okay, well, where do you normally get your coffee? Uh, I don't know. I just get it wherever I can. Okay, and uh, do you drink the coffee we make here? And uh, sometimes, not, uh, not really. What's that in your mug? Uh, this is Starbucks. Well, do you know what did you get today? No, not really. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I, if that is what coffee were about... I would not want that experience. Right. It doesn't sound interesting. It doesn't sound compelling. But then I have the friends on the other side of the spectrum that really made it an attractive thing. Mm -hmm. What is the first thing that you think about when you think of coffee? The first thing that comes to mind. It can be anything from what like Joe Kayati said or to what I said that was a bit, you know, what I think about when I think of coffee is my friends and family and my association to social experiences with them. I really do. It's a funny thing that I usually drink coffee by myself now because I work at home most of the time. Right. So what is the first thing though that comes to your mind? Because there's so many things now. It's not like a, there's, I mean, like for some people, it's probably, they think of Starbucks. Yeah. They see the Starbucks logo. I'm going to come back to it again. This is why I said it's complicated. I don't know because it involves every part of my day. It's what I do for a living, but I'm still a, a coffee drinker. I still enjoy a, a great cup of coffee. So I guess the first, if, it's, if it's the first thing that comes to mind when I think about coffee, it's me standing in front of the roaster, watching it transform from this lifeless little dry green bean, bean which, yeah. is, which is actually a seed, yeah. um, watching it transform into what we all typically think of when we think of coffee, this, this dark you know, bean that's about, it's about twice the size, 
as as what it originally started as, smelling totally different. A green bean, green beans have have more of a a vegetable smell to them. And in fact, you get as you're going through the roasting process. I figured I was doing something wrong because of the smell. Like this does not smell like coffee. I don't I don't know what I'm doing here. And I didn't know what I was doing. So there was there was that. But it's it it also doesn't smell like you expect it to. It 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 does to me now. Now that I've I've learned to differentiate between brewed coffee and roasted coffee. Oh, there's yeah. different smells there and there's different processes, different chemical processes that the that the bean itself is undergoing while the heat's being applied to it during roasting. Yeah, the three or four the three phases of roasting? Yeah, it it depend it depends who you ask. Just like any other any other profession, there's there's different. It's an art and, and a science, right? But, but it's more art than it is science. There's a, essentially the first stage, which is which is taking the bean from room temperature to about 300 degrees. So you wanna you wanna get to 300 degrees about as fast as you can. Not always, not necessarily, but and then from from 300 to around 400 degrees, that's what I would call the second stage. And then your, your developmental stage, which is, which is where a lot of the flavors really start to come out in the bean is from, from 400 on. And what you said was right. I remember when I'd be in the roaster and you would smell different things and hear different things coming out of the roaster during all of that experience. Right. But that has made such a huge impression on you because you're roasting now more than you are even drinking. Yeah. A lot like, you know, lots and lots of pounds go out through Thrasher Coffee. So when you're in there, you got your nose to the, the grindstone, which is the roaster. Right. You're shuffling like 150 pound bags of coffee and you're putting in several large uh, pounds uh, in each batch. And then you're you're forming the blends. You're you're looking at the different shades for the right roast profile to right. make sure that you get the consistency you need for every product. And I can see why that's the first thing that comes to mind. Like if your experience with pets is your dog. And I said, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think about pets? Mm -hmm. Then, well, if your point of reference is only your dog, you'll say your dog. Right. Because you spend so much time with your dog. You don't spend time at the pet store. Right. And, And that's... That's interesting because you have an experience that I don't think most of the listeners have. Maybe some of our listeners will be coffee roasters themselves, and I'm sure that a lot of what we would have to say would interest them. But for a lot of people, they would not share your experience. And I think that that story you have to tell is very interesting and one reason why I wanted you to be my co-host. Yeah, it's a a spectator sport. It's something that that they're not part of the process, but they get the end result. They enjoy drinking coffee and they enjoy drinking different types of coffee. Um, f- for me, it's, it's now I don't, I don't have anything to do with the farming, obviously, but once, once I get the bag of 150 pounds of, of green beans from that point on until the, uh, until the time consumed by somebody, I am part of all that customers feel free to tell me when they don't like it. They're, <laughs> they're not shy. And that's part of the educational process is, is, is some people want, want, well, this just, this doesn't taste like the coffee I'm used to. Well, that isn't that kind of the point. If I can make coffee that tastes just like everybody else's, then why would you come to me? Why wouldn't you just keep buying it from where you're already buying it? Right. Well, you don't want to make people buy your product. Like you want yeah, them I to do. buy it because of course I do. <laughs> but you want them to buy it because you really want if right. they enjoy Obviously. it. Yeah. You want the people who enjoy your product to uh, have your product. Yeah, I want people to get it in the same way that I got it. But see, I got it because some other guy was roasting it, and I and I was just blown away by. Well, I, th- I thought I knew what good coffee was until I had this, and and really what I hadn't been having was fresh coffee, and I was I was I was brewing my own beer at that at that time too. So I it was kind of a natural conclusion for me to like, well, why don't why don't I just try roasting coffee? 
you know, I can I can buy some green beans and I can I can get some equipment and I'll just I'll just give this a shot, see what it's like. I've always been a kind of a guy that that wanted to try things. Right. If you're willing to bake a cake in the kit, you know, or if you're willing to uh, do some grilling and right. get some nice steaks, yeah. then why not try some coffee? You can go somewhere and, and, and have somebody grill a great steak for you. But there's just something about doing it with your own with your own equipment, with your own two hands at home, taking it outside, grilling it, bring it back inside. Five minutes later, you're eating your steak. I, I did that. Right. And talking about that satisfaction uh, it brings to mind another piece of feedback we had from my friend Katie Stern. Uh, co- uh, she said, coffee makes me feel empowered and happy. I get that as well. Like it, to her, it's not always about the emotion, the first thing that comes to mind. Sorry, it's not always about the flavor or what she's got it in. It's not about the mug. It's not about where she got it. It is about the experience. Reminds her that this is one small way I demonstrate that I'm taking charge of my life. Yeah. We, we're talking about a drink and we're talking about something that is mostly water that has a little bit of flavor right. from the seeds of coffee. But the human experience is so different from, say, what all the animal kingdom would have with this drink. You know, I can't get my cats to drink coffee. I've tried. (laughs) (laughs) I've made them a really delectable little dish of milk and added a little bit of coffee, and they wouldn't go for it. (laughs) So it's something that seems repulsive to the animal kingdom, to us, is very desirable and reminds us of our culture mm-hmm. and reminds us of the power that we have over the things we have created. Right. That is so unique, again, about coffee or whatever it is you drink. We, we feel this way towards wines and beers, craft uh, products in general, and, and beyond the craft products. You know, people feel this way about their Coke products, whatever soda it is they have in the office they drink every day that keeps them going. I know the people who feel empowered all day long because they start with coffee and then in the afternoon they have water and they pride themselves in getting that in for health reasons. And at nighttime they drink hot teas for a different kind of refreshment. Right. But again, it's, it's about the empowerment. It reminds them, I feel like I can work and accomplish something today. Mm-hmm. Like I know, that, I know another person who says how breakfast is really important to him. If he can't get breakfast in the morning, then his whole day will probably be a mess. Right. That if he can accomplish breakfast, he's empowered to probably get something else productively done today. Right. And I think for a lot of people, it is that kind of empowerment we also get from the beverage. So uh, switching gears now, we're going to wrap it up for this episode. I wanted to let you talk about something that you wanted to discuss a little bit. We're just going to give a teaser this time, and then we'll talk about this a little bit more in future shows. Sure. Because this is a big topic. It is. It's going to be pretty cool, I think, what happens over the long term with this show. Because we're going to find out that there's so much more to talk about coffee than most people realize. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and let you dive into this one. Craft coffee. And you you identify it as a newer trend. So what did you mean by that? Yeah, I don't I don't mean it in the sense that Trend is usually viewed as something negative. Like, well, this is what everybody's doing now. Six months from now, they'll be doing something else. Now, that that may very well be true. But craft coffee, and by that, I mean the same thing that, that like craft brewing of, of any kind of, of artisan material. You know, you can go to the, you can, you can go to Walmart and get some stuff to put on your wall, some mass-produced prints to put on your wall. But if you want personal craft artwork, then you go to a guy that, that would that would paint with a brush, that one piece, he doesn't he doesn't mass produce it. It's that it's that one piece that's that that can never that can never be done again. It's it's unique, and I think, at least in America, I think there's and and with a lot of the younger generation, there's this, um, 
there's this desire, there's a, uh, there's a hunger for things that are unique, things that, are, that take time, that are quality. Not mass-produced, not all uniform, and not all the same. Art. Yeah. Because here we've, we've invented something that's largely thanks to technology. We're able to have mass-produced coffee. Oh, sure. We yeah. can have the cup of coffee from Starbucks that tastes the same everywhere. Right. But then people, after they got used to it, they also got tired of it. And, you know, Starbucks offers a variety of beans and they have their seasonal beans and they don't always roast them the same ways and they don't, they don't always prepare them the same ways. Right. So they give you a variety of experiences. But once you've completed those experiences, you basically get the same experience year in and year out. Mm -hmm. And so there are a lot of people who don't want that. They care more about the variety of life. It, and, and I'm talking from my own personal experience. I, I want to know that when I, go to, when I go to McDonald's, when I go to Starbucks, I can get the same basic cup of coffee that I had last time because I liked it. And I'm not, I'm not feeling adventurous at this moment, but I want, I want something that's, that's going to meet my expectations. And that's, and that's good. You, know, you, you want to have that too. There's also times where you, wanna, where you, where you do want to be adventurous. You want to try something new. And I think that's becoming more of a, of a passion with our generation and, and yeah, we're not replacing the the norm of having the no. consistent Starbucks coffee. We're adding to the culture with handmade coffee. Right, I roast them in five pound batches, so I have much more control over how that batch. Mm. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be less homogenous. So there's there's a little bit of risk involved there, but every batch is unique. I can I can roast the same coffee all day long. And each batch is going to have just a slightly different flavor. There's there's just a lot of there's a lot of pride from the from, from the art makers side because there's people now that, that 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 want that. But there's also from the from the consumer side there's because they they realize they're supporting a person or a a group of people rather than this this kind of uh, faceless organization. This mm. this uh, which I mean Starbucks doesn't have a face. I mean I guess you could say Howard Schultz is the face. You don't think about him. You th you think about the the, the, the green logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I want Thrasher coffee. I want the coffee that I put out to be to have my face with it. And I apologize for that. But <laughs> we're we're being told how down our our economy is. Yet there's there's still people are still spending money on high end chocolates, mm. high end meat, high end beer. So they're they're looking for things that are that are substantive rather than just than just utilitarian. Yeah, for some people, it's not about the quantity; mm -hmm. it's about the quality. Right. People want unique things rather than than the mass-produced furniture that was sitting in their parents' house. They they want their home to have a little bit more of an identity. Yeah. Um, something that that reflects them a little bit more rather than an otter box on their phone. They're like, <laughs> oh, look, I can I can change the color of my otter box. Aren't aren't I customizable? Well, no, actually, you're not. But it comes in five colors. Right. Ten years ago, that's what customizable meant. You snap this on, and, and this reflects your personality. Right, because if you had the phone without the case, then that wasn't customized at all. Right. Your phone was just like anybody's. Right. So then you got the case to right. make yourself distinct, and now you realize everybody's got your right. case. Right. <laughs> I want to be different, just like everybody else. Well, this completes episode one of Top Brew. If you would like to keep up to date, follow us on Twitter at Top Brew FM. You can also find us on Facebook.com slash Top Brew FM. If you have questions for our show that you would like us to discuss, send them in and we'll be sure to talk about them on the show in the follow up. Any message, so send them to us either in a message on Facebook or Twitter using hashtag AskTopBrew. And I want to give a special thanks again to this episode's sponsor, Thrasher Coffee. To show your support of this podcast, enjoy Thrasher Coffee and let them know that we sent you. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. Bye.